The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike, who for some reason doesn't hear the audio at the same speed that I do. (laughs) I'm glad you could tell by my face um, because it sounded slow motion and then it sput up again. So uh, that was Yeah, that's entirely on your end. It sounds perfectly fine on mine. Damn you, Zencaster. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. We are going to be discussing full gear and uh, there's a lot on this show. So we're not probably going to spend a lot of time on every match um, because I have to go make soup, but uh, Hey, my, my dinner is more important than this podcast. I'm just going to say that right now. (laughs) Love your passion for, for (laughs) I'm passionate about food. That is something I know. I know. I definitely passionate about. Okay. Let's get right into it with the, uh, do we want to talk about the buy-in? Well, Joel, considering I had streaming issues at the ass, I didn't see the buy-in. So. Oh, okay. Well, um, it's good. It's a good match. Uh, I did enjoy it. Um, I correctly predicted that Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa would win. Baby faces win on pre-shows. This is I got cute. I got cute. You did. And I liked your logic for like why the heels should win so they can then lose in the tournament. But, uh, you know, this was a fun match. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think all four of them looked really good. Jamie Hayter continues to really, really impress. Mm-hmm. And um, I-, I really like what she brings, especially in her bumping and selling. I think that's something yeah. that she's really, really good at. So, uh, yeah, fun match. Yeah, uh, let's get into something. Out. Let's get into something you can actually join in on the conversation with. <laughs> the opening bout, which I'm just going to go, you know, spoilers for the rest of our review. This was my favorite match of the night. Uh, MJF and Darby Allen. This match was wild, man. And I don't apparently try to use Bleacher Report on the Fire Stick. It just won't work. So I tried to watch the, the, the show on my Fire Stick at my parents' house. That didn't work. Had to move to a laptop. So I missed this match entirely. We watched it today. And wow, just kind of the seeing Darby wrestle like that technical stuff at the beginning. Like we haven't, he doesn't really go that route. You know, it's usually, you know, devil may care, throw my body around, whatever. But uh, just the technical wrestling here was fantastic. And I loved, I love how MJF sold that knee the whole match. And it progressively got worse and worse because he was using that knee as a weapon. And like, I can't, I can't say enough about this. This match was great. And I, I literally just watched it. So I'm like a little, just trying to re like react to it, but it, it was fantastic. Great work. MJF between both of these guys. is he's so good that I thought he had actually hurt himself. I know. Right. <laughs> on the first spot with his knee, uh, the way that he yelled out in pain and then mm-hmm. kind of crumpled, it, it looked like legit, like, okay, this is unfortunate because this is a really good match so far. And if MJF is limited for the rest of the match, that's a problem. And then when he did the power bomb onto his knee, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. no, this is storytelling. Yeah. But really, really good. And the technical stuff at the beginning of the match is absolutely incredible. Uh, it's 
this match alone was worth the price of admission, like really, really good stuff. And then the rest of the cards, fantastic, too. Yeah, uh, I think the right person won. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the finish. I've, I like the finish of the dynamite ring when the ref's not looking and then winning with like the headlock, uh, like drag, like just making it look so like, oh, I got it. Um, but yeah, I, it was like you said, Joel, we don't have outright DQs or like mm-hmm. we the cheating leads to a clean finish. So we got that. I think, I think you're right. The right person won. I think Darby can take these L's. I think they've built them up enough. And I think we're entering the MJF uh, year of MJF in 2022. Um, and I think this is kind of kicking that off. It could very well be. Something that I found interesting was that commentary was putting over how many times the diamond ring has come into play mm-hmm. in big wins for MJF. We're coming up on yep. that magical time of year where the diamond ring should be up for grabs in a battle royal. Wardlow's winning it, Joel. Wardlow's going to win it. (laughs) So my question to you is, do you think that it's going to be a significant story angle that MJF loses the Dynamite Diamond Ring and maybe goes on a bit of a skid because he hasn't taken very many L's. And if Wardlow turns on him, if he loses Mm -hmm. the Diamond Ring, all of his aces in his back pocket are starting to wear thin. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, and the Diamond Ring match is always a battle royal, so MJF can take a loss in that match without taking the hit of like losing a singles match or losing a championship match, and it would definitely help his character because he has relied on this so much, um, and it's been a prominent part of his character. And I originally like when we we had the first Diamond Ring match, I was like, okay, cool, he has this ring, and then they brought the battle royal back last year. I was like, oh, I guess this is a recurring thing, so. He's not going to hold it forever. Um, it's going to be weird seeing someone else try to utilize this. And also, I'm pr- I'm sure Warlow has bigger hands <laughs> than MJF. I think like <laughs> expand the ring or make a new one. So, um, yeah, I if we're trying to keep him out of the title picture for a little longer, because, you know, obvious results that we're going to talk about later on, uh, him losing the diamond ring could be a a good way to get us to say revolution or even double or nothing before he's inserted into the the main title picture. So, yeah, and the the dynamite diamond ring is interesting because it's not just a battle royal; it's a battle royal where the final two participants have a singles match. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see who those final two are, and if MJF is even going to factor into that. Because I would assume, for dramatic purposes, you would want him to square off to essentially defend his title as the diamond ring holder. But it could also be interesting to have him chucked out early and immediately signal to the audience, okay, whoever comes out of this, we're going to have a new carrier of this diamond ring. And then how is that prop going to figure in, especially if it's not a heel who wins it, you know? It's interesting because this is the only instance of something being defended essentially once a year. It's the most prestigious title in AEW, Joel. It's the most prestigious title in professional <laughs> wrestling. We always talk about how, you know, Sheeta is the, the longest holder of a title in AEW. That that's not true. It's it's Mr. MJF. <laughs> so we gotta get the book, the uh the records updated. So but yeah, I I think Joel, you know, we've gone on this a little long. I think this was an incredible match. Not my favorite match from the night, but I think 
there wasn't a match on this show that I was like, nah, that was that was meh. The show was amazing. Like, I want to get that out, out right right off the bat. This was one. I think every AEW pay-per-view is the best AEW pay-per-view ever. <laughs> but I feel like this really was because this was this was top to bottom. Just an outstanding card. And everyone was given time. The shortest match on this card was Eddie Kingston and CM Punk at 11 minutes. Like, and that was short because they brawled before the, the match started so yeah. like that's a misleading <laughs> bell to bell mm-hmm. of 11 minutes but yeah i mean i think that's a mark of where aew is as a company right now i can't remember walking away from an aew pay-per-view and not being happy and that's not to say that like everybody who i wanted to win won their matches and mm-hmm. it's a testament to you know good booking isn't giving the fans what they want good booking is giving the fans a good show that respects their intelligence. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we, uh, we spent a little long, a little too much time on that one, but Joel, let's move on. Uh, the AEW tag team championship match. That was next, right? I, I'm, Absolutely. I'm correct here. Cool. With the Lucha brothers retaining over FTR and kind of a, a finish that will probably result in them facing off again soon with the wrong member of FTR eating the pin with the mask on. Um, so, I, I think it's been announced that the FTR is going to defend the AAA titles against the Lucha Bros here in December. So if they want to keep this story going on AEW television, they definitely can. Um, I just FTR has like they're they're like a really good veteran quarterback where, you know, the floor is always going to be like a three and a half, four star match no matter what. And when you add a team like the Lucha Bros, like this tag team match was incredible. Like this was really fun. These guys work really well together, um, despite the kind of, you know, what you would call conflicting um, styles, you know, full on luchador versus, you know, was it fists, no flips, just fists, you know, team on, on one end. So um, I just really like these guys together and I actually hope that this this does continue in some way, shape or form, because the chemistry here is really good. I think FTR's best matches have been against teams with dramatically different styles. Um mm-hmm. I always go back to their matches in NXT with American Alpha and oh, then God, with love American Alpha. Gargano and Ciampa because, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, those matches are legendary. And American Alpha is, uh, you know, they do the amateur wrestling style hardcore and and that is not what FTR does. They're more, you know, brawlers, punches, kicks, golden age of pro wrestling style and, and then of course gargano and champa are the indie rific 57 false finishes <laughs> you know let's i'm going to almost murder you in order to get the pinfall and you know those are the things that really bring out the best in ftr they're great anchors that you can set and build a match around knowing that mm-hmm. they're going to be able to hold down whatever you need them to do and they're going to make it look damn good yep yeah yeah i don't other than that i don't really have much to say on this i think this lived up to our expectations um i think the tag team division is still the still good still great still the best thing in AEW because you can pull out teams out of nowhere and just get four or five star matches like this one so yeah i I mean it's it's undeniable that they have the best tag team division in all of pro wrestling um and one of the best tag team divisions in pro wrestling history uh, people like to mm-hmm. throw out all Japan from the nineties, but nobody watched that. So like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I like your honesty there, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eddie Kingston did because he used to get DVDs from strangers on the sidewalks. Remember? Yes, but I mean, <laughs> Eddie is special. We are not Eddie Kingston. Like he is a level above. Um, but but yeah. Um, if you didn't live somewhere with a vibrant tape trading scene, you didn't have the opportunity to do something like that. I think that's something a lot of the the old heads kind of ignore is that, you know, you needed to be in a city to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, for sure. <laughs> uh, next up on this card, as I pontificate about wrestling nerddom uh, is Brian Danielson and Miro in a uh, eliminator tournament final with the AEW world championship opportunity on the line. Miro is an insert into this tournament, replacing John Moxley and uh, <laughs> took the L by uh, submission. Although he didn't tap out, he passed out. So there's that. And uh, yeah, the redeemer not redeemed. <laughs> I am excited to see how Miro and his God, uh, reconcile here hopefully we won't have a a match where there's just a beam of light on one side of the ring a la vince mcmahon and Shawn michaels from way back when um but yeah i think protecting miro here with the finish like he didn't tap you know you get the badass pass out finish which i think is fits how they've built miro up to this point and i think this match kind of went exactly how we thought it was physical um it was stiff uh, my favorite part of this match is when Miro put his arms up and said, hey, kick me. <laughs> took a few kicks yeah. and then took uh, took uh, Danielson out with one. Um, but yeah, uh, really fun, really, um, you know, I it felt a little long, I think, for, for how, you know, kind of smash, smash, hit, hit this was. But um, yeah, it, is it, you know, the pay-per-view is good when this is probably like, yeah, this is probably like the the lowest rated match I could, I can think of out of everything on this card. And if that's the case, you have a hell of a card top to bottom. This wasn't the bottom for me, but it's close. And oh, well, I'm I ignoring think... that one match. We didn't decide to talk about in the pre-show that that just doesn't <laughs> exist, even though that match was really fun, but yeah, no, <laughs> well, that's just like your opinion, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude. Uh, what? Anyway, I, I thought this match got a little bit samey, and I agree, had it been five minutes shorter, I think it would have been mm -hmm. better. Yeah, um, it was 20 minutes long. Yeah, no and it's 20 minutes of hitting each other in the chest and neck. And <laughs> like, okay, fine. But 15 minutes of that is equally as good as 20 minutes of that. You get diminishing returns after a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did enjoy this match. Obviously, Brian Danielson winning was the only outcome that made me sense. Um and fired for me picking I'm, Miro. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious to see what the square off between Adam Page spoilers and uh, Brian <gasps> Danielson is going to be. So, uh, so yeah. This yeah, I'm going right. to take a wild stab and guess that this is your favorite match of the night. I love this Christian match. <laughs> Christian Cage and Jurassic Express against the super click this was just pure chaos start to finish this was the definitive hardcore match on this card joel um just so many spots i we could just spend 20 minutes listing all of them but uh geez the the uh thumbtack knee pads 
uh, Luchasaurus's um, shooting star press off of the the stage, the Panama sunrise on the ramp. Like there was so much going on in this match. It was pure chaos. Um, and just like, this is the type of wrestling I enjoy. I just love like maybe call, call it a spot fest if you will, but like I was on the edge of my seat. I watched this match twice and every time like I was just marking out, this was so much fun. Uh, and f- from like a storyline standpoint, jungle boy getting the victory with the chunkerto, uh, Concerto, yeah. Um, Concerto, like what concerto, you would hear a symphony yes, play. There we go. And uh, like Christian giving him the chair, saying, You got this. And then just the look of exhaustion on Jungle Boy's face when he got the victory. Like he just looked so emotionally drained. It reminded me of how in college, every time I would get through finals, I would get sick for a week because my body finally let myself relax. And yeah. Big, big, big spot for Jungle Boy here. He cannot look like a star. Don't rock jeans in a match, though, dude. You look a little weird. Well, I think I, I was thinking about it throughout the match, and I think the issue is that he didn't wear a belt. So yeah. his jeans kept kind of falling down a little bit and bunching up, and just everybody else who was wearing jeans looked great. And, well, they were like the, tight jeans. He wore like baggy jeans. <laughs> well, I don't think they were actually that baggy. I think they were bunching up because they were. He has you no know, ass. He has no butt. <laughs> well, I, I didn't say it. I didn't say that. You said that. That's um, true. He has no dunk. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I think what's interesting to me with this match is that there's a spot early on where Jungle Boy has the opportunity to use the chair. And he won't do it because he's a good guy. And then at the end of the match, Christian, who has been kind of encouraging the violence and, you know, already hit a concerto on Adam Cole prior to this match, you know, is about to go for the win with the concerto again. And Jungle Boy is like, no, I I need to do this and takes the chair away from him. But you can tell that he doesn't want to do it. And he's not about that kind of match and that kind of tactic. And I think this could be the seed that leads to a feud between a heel Christian and a babyface jungle boy. And that is something I 100% (laughs) want. Like, I mean, there is nothing I would rather see Christian do in AEW right now than turn heel and face off with jungle boy. I think it'd be great. I mean, heel Christian is the best version of Christian. Um, yeah, that I, I looked at it as jungle boy, just becoming jungle man. He finally grew up like wrestling is not a clean, uh, you know, you know, it, it's a dirty place. Sometimes you have to go low to go high. And he did that finally became a man and no longer is he naive little jungle boy. So the other thing that's interesting to me is that Christian is here to allegedly outwork everyone. Well, you know who's worked the most matches in AEW? Jungle Boy by like a you know mile. Who has, you know who has the most wins in AEW? Jungle Boy by a mile. So if he's going to outwork everyone, who does he really need to outwork? Jungle Luchasaurus. Boy. <laughs> so, and anyway, I just think that would be the most interesting place to go from here. Yeah, they're, they're definitely like, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe I, I look at Jungle Boy as the next TNT champion whenever they decide to 
move that off of Sammy. I think that'd be a great way to go. But in the next few months, like, yeah, a blood feud with Christian uh, could really help him take the next step. Um, we've seen like just working with the young bucks and Adam Cole here for the last few months has pushed him up to another level. So um, a definitive singles win, a definitive singles feud, I think would be great for him because he hasn't really done a lot of kind of one-on-one stories. It's all been either tag team stuff or kind of like, you know, one-offs here and there. So um, to get that would be, would be huge for his development. Um, any other like moments from this match that stood out for you, you know, spots wise I mean, or the, anything the like thumb that? Thumbtacks in the mouth. <laughs> the thumbtack- oh, oh, I hope those were fake. <laughs> like, cause that was vicious. Um, I think Adam Cole took, the brunt of all the damage in this match. It felt like every time you looked, he was getting bounced off a ladder um, or that like that over the rope, her and Rana, that jungle boy hit on him through the table. Um, yep. mm-hmm. So props to Adam Cole. Cause he just got his ass kicked consistently throughout this match. Also, have we mentioned Luchasaurus hitting a shooting star press off the stage. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think he described it as it looked like Brock Lesnar, except he didn't what land, land on, his, on head. his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it reminded me of oh that was that was a dangerous spot but yeah this this was super fun right team i think won um yeah oh, i love this match this was so much and <laughs> it probably gets an automatic star just because christian cage is in it you know so. you know we we each have our weaknesses and and mm-hmm. for me it's Chris, christian cage is my weakness <laughs> yes and, and adam page is mine these are things right. we just have to recognize and accept next up we have a tag team match between Cody Rhodes and Pack taking on Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. And um, I guess this match result shouldn't baffle me because Cody winning a match should never baffle me, but it baffles me. <laughs> yeah. I I kind of zoned out during this one, to be honest. It was a good um, match. It was, it was fun. good. There's a lot of fun spots and really good action, but it, it blows my mind with, Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo, two newer stars to the company, going up against two guys who have been around since the beginning. And like, it doesn't hurt Pac to lose matches. It doesn't hurt Cody to lose matches. And with a match like this, where it's like the unlikely allies thing, you can totally have them be dysfunctional and lose yeah. because of it. And well, neither one they of did. them like, loses. They were dysfunctional through the whole match. Yeah. They and then that. they won. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me. And I think, for Malachi Black, it's one thing to take one L and say, like, it was never about wins and losses. Like, I'm here to destroy you. And it's another thing to lose in a match like this where there haven't really been any consequences for Cody, who's ostensibly, like, his main target. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. This whole thing this should have been on the thrown paper together. Here, and... Yeah, this would have been better as like the main event of this upcoming week's Dynamite, yeah. which we know what like, that's going to be. Uh, so it makes sense now that that's not this. But uh, anyway. Yeah, I it was fine. I don't know what, like you said, it was thrown together. Like this felt, this whole story felt rushed. Um, and when it came out that the original plan was this was supposed to be like a fatal four way, that interested me way more. Because then you could, even if Malachi loses, he's not, 
losing if it makes sense you know he doesn't have right. to being one of the wrestlers who didn't win a fatal four-way match is different yeah. from being on the losing side of a tag team match yep exactly so that's eh, whatever let's move on um Britt baker defeated ty conti and man this was fun it's probably because yeah. I, I i was like not really hot on this feud um on Friday that like I was sitting here all of a sudden I'm like, man, Joel is going to say, I told you so <laughs> 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 when we record, but this was really fun. Um, Conti looked amazing. She had a great look um, between the ring gear and her hair and the face paint. Um, this was fun. They, they, they have really good chemistry together. Um, it was kind of a, kind of a desperation finish for Brit with kind of the roll up didn't win off of, you know, a stomp or um, the lockjaw. So, um, I feel that kind of shows like maybe Brit underestimated Conti in a way. And, um, yeah, this, this was fun. I think it's, it exceeded my expectations. Um, I think I still don't think, you know, this was the time to take the belt off of Brit, but it delivered in every, every sense. Just super fun. Yeah, I, I think this is a really well executed match because I do think it elevates Ty Conti and anytime you can elevate somebody through a loss, that's a good thing. Uh, my favorite thing in this match was a couple of different times Ty was put over by being able to avoid the lockjaw in ways mm -hmm. that we haven't seen other people do it before. And that makes sense because her whole character is like, she's a judoka. She has this background, this martial arts training, this grappling training. She should be good in a situation like that. And I like that she didn't lose from submission and that it was kind of, you know, a desperation maneuver because it does elevate her within the division and kind of pay off all these wins that she's been racking up. She didn't get the big W, but mm -hmm. rarely do we see somebody get the big win in their first attempt in this company. Yep. And also too, um, I can't think of a time Britt Baker in her championship reign has won a singles match without the lockjaw that I obviously, I don't know a hundred, I can't say a hundred percent, but, um, for her to get a win without using that, it just kind of gives you a little bit. So when you do get a finish in the future, you don't, Oh, it's not the lockjaw, So it's not going to win the match. You know, you mm -hmm. kind of have to diversify finishes to keep the kind of suspense going. So, yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of cool spots in this match. Um, I thought something that might lead to the finish was the stomp on the steps. Like mm -hmm. that looked absolutely brutal. <laughs> Um, there was a brief moment where I thought Ty might win it when she hit the Ty KO, which Brit sold like a million bucks and, mm -hmm. uh, just really, really good tight 15 minute wrestling match yeah, for sure. Um, Joel, sh shall we move on to, uh, it wasn't really a match. It was just a fight. <laughs> it was, it was a fight. Uh, and CM Punk defeated Eddie Kingston and Joel, I just rewatched this match and I could be wrong. There was not a single pinfall attempt until the final pin. Like they were just here to beat the shit out of each other. And you could very easily extend this feud by saying like having Eddie come out and say, yeah, if I wanted to win, I would have like, that wasn't the point. Like, like he has a way better claim to wins and losses don't matter than Malachi black does. Cause Kingston went into this match just to fuck up CM Punk. And boy, did he fuck up CM Punk a lot in this match. Yeah, this, despite, like, not involving weapons 
And, you know, we had a Falls Count Anywhere match. We had a street fight. Mm -hmm. This was the most violent match on the card. It was brutal. (laughs) And, you know, it it's really, really good booking to put these two in a short and violent match. We had a little kerfuffle before the match started, Mm -hmm. but this really played to both of their strengths in, in a big way. And I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I knew it was going to be good. Uh, The crowd was really divided. (sighs) Oh, man. Yeah. And, and a lot of cheering for Eddie, which was great. Um, I, I just think, all the momentum that he had going into this match. It was cool for him to have this spotlight moment. And I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say next. Uh, My question to you is what do you think is next for CM Punk? I shit bag heel, like shithead heel, like just this arrogant. And he wrestled like that tonight. He wrestled like this arrogant asshole. He freaking, tease the five moves of doom for god's sakes like smiling covered in blood like yeah i i think the whole this the extreme positivity from punk in these promos the last few months was okay we gotta get the cm punk love out of the way to begin with because no one was gonna boo cm punk for a while like there was no chance you couldn't book cm punk like that so you had to get the heel the face run out of him and then God, perfect person to try and get this. This really feels like one of the first like 50-50 crowds that we've like we've seen in AEW. We got so used to it with every match John Cena had being split during his career. Um, but the Eddie Kingston CM Punk chance, like it, yeah. So I, I think he's got a heel turn up his sleeve. Um, because he's also just kind of blown through a bunch of like, you know, since Darby, it's been a lot of mid-card stuff. Then he fought Kingston, you know, you could easily have this, you know, not saying Moxie's coming back anytime soon, but you could eventually bleed this into a Moxie match with CM Punk where CM Punk goes full heel, heel against the returning, you know, heroes, uh, John Moxley. So I think, I think that's where we're going, but man, who knows? I, we saw a lot of people online, like commentators. I think Bischoff was one of them that kind of said Punk's run has been underwhelming. I don't really get that because he's delivered in every match he's looked amazing and this was like the like first story where there was real meat on the bones too so i've i've enjoyed the run so i mean i think that's the kind of thing that you hear from people who are focused on the mythical casual fan Mm -hmm. and i don't think casual fans really exist in the way that they used to like people are so able to curate the content that they consume that you don't casually watch anything anymore right everything that you're watching is a conscious and calculated choice and i think tony is smart to focus on dedicated fans who are going to watch week in and week out. And if you're a dedicated fan who's watching week in and week out, maybe you watch dark, maybe you watch elevation, you know, you're watching rampage. You feel great about CM Punk's run because he's facing off against people that you've watched people that you care about people that you're excited to see Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be going against the top names. They're doing their own thing. And I would be irritated if guys like CM Punk and Brian Danielson came in and immediately shot to the top of the card and were facing off with Kenny for the title and 
getting involved in those stories where we've had other things going on. Uh, so I think it's really good. And I'm glad that he's had matches against people like Powerhouse Hobbs. That's how you use a talent like CM Punk is to elevate younger talent. And, you know, there's a little bit of bloat in the roster right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm hoping that that can kind of turn around a little bit and we can get more into having different stuff on Rampage than what's on Dynamite instead of follow-ups to what's on Dynamite mm-hmm. on Rampage just to get more bodies on TV. Yeah, um, I, I think too, Joel, we're, we're coming up on the three-year kind of anniversary of uh, AEW being announced. So I would assume a lot of those initial contracts for talent will be expiring in the next year, year and a half. Um, Cause I feel, I think most wrestlers with the company signs like a three, three, four year deal. So the roster will naturally just start to be changed. It always does in every company. Um, so I think we'll start to, you know, not have to worry about the bloat as much. And then, and then two, um, CM Punk's going to get those matches with people at, at some point he will get, you know, into a main event program, you know, top of the pay-per-view at some point. He signed what a three-year deal, four-year deal. I don't remember exactly what he signed, but there yeah, is time. Three. There is mm-hmm. plenty of time, and also too, like it's different. Danielson got that match with Kenny right away, but he's also been wrestling full time for the last few years. Punk had a seven-year layoff. Match. Yeah, yeah. Punk's had seven years off. He probably needed to get his seat. I know he's been great. Like we've talked about how natural he looks, but it's still different. You know, you have to get the reps back in. you have to get your sea legs under you. So yeah, I don't, I don't get that. The, so I, I, good to know. We're both, uh, we're both into the CM Punk run. <laughs> it's also worth noting that, I mean, Eric Bischoff is famously the, uh, progenitor of the controversy creates cash philosophy. So yeah, if he's coming out with a controversial opinion, he doesn't necessarily have to believe that in order yeah. to monetize it. And like, I'm a big fan of Eric Bischoff. I think he's very smart. Uh, I enjoyed listening to his podcast for a while. And I think I learned a lot about the business and about Mm -hmm. television production in general from, from listening to that show. Uh, He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joel. Um, The inner circle beat American top team. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kidding, kidding. Um, I actually did find some of this stuff here fun. Um, Basically, uh, pretty much Jake Hager going ham with the toaster as a weapon, and then and then Jr. screaming when someone got hit with the bunt cake pan, not the goddamn bunt cake. So those two things made me laugh. <laughs> yeah this this match was relentlessly silly, and I, I don't I'm know. I'm okay it, with it being silly. Like yeah, I'm, I, I'm okay with it being silly too. It just. I think it, the whole thing is soured for me by Chris Jericho <laughs> getting the win. And yeah, I'll say a couple. I, if there wasn't a um, an amazing fall, falls count anywhere match earlier, maybe we look on this a little better. But there was no chance in hell it was going to match the match from earlier in the show. No freaking way. Um, I also just feel like 10 people is too many in yeah. a pay-per-view match. Like. Mm-hmm. possibly with the exception of like a survivor series style yeah. elimination match. But even those like there's mm-hmm. h- how many that, that match has been going on since I think 1997, right? That's the the first year they did survivor yeah. series. 
And how many of those matches are memorable? There's more duds than than hits. Right. There's probably like, it's maybe just like not a three great or four. Match format. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I one thing I'll say, and then we 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 can <laughs> leave this behind us. Uh, Junior Dos Santos actually looked really good. Yeah. Like I was kind of I was kind of surprised at his ring work. I know he missed the timing on like breaking up that lion salt near the end of the match, but um, everything he did looked convincing. Um, Cause I remember when we, this whole feud started, we talked about, man, the MMA guys can't throw a fucking punch. Um, you can tell Dos Santos has been put in the work and he's actually someone that I would legitimately want to see a little more of in a wrestling ring. I think yeah, he he's has a something. big freaking dude. Yeah. Yeah. He also has like, like he, there were some points where he would like hit someone and then he would just like maniacally laugh. And then just like and just look like a crazy, scary motherfucker. So. Yeah, he's kind of he's got a little bit of it factor. And yeah. if he sticks around, if that's the result of all of this, is that Junior Dos Santos is, you know, uh, a regular appearance in mm-hmm. AEW programming. I don't hate that. Yeah, same. Well, Joel, how about before we go to the main event? Why don't we talk about the the big debut that we were given? Yeah controversial debut um mm-hmm. jay lethal and um yeah uh i for one was was not aware of the allegations Me against him prior to and i feel like i was paying pretty close attention yeah um uh, during speaking out i guess i just missed that one um but yeah so jay lethal is in AEW, and i don't know how to feel about it yeah, it's tough because AEW has done a pretty good job of, you know, booting the people involved in the the speaking out, the the bad guys of that. <laughs> like, like you know, ha- well, God, I can't remember his name. Who was it? Who got basic? Jimmy yeah, Havoc. Like, yeah, Jimmy Havoc. Like, no talks of bringing him back, anything like that. Um, so there's definitely some ugliness to it. I'll say, you know, Ring of Honor did, like, cut ties with Marty scroll and we haven't really seen Marty scroll pop up anywhere. Um, and you know, ring of honor did investigate a lot of these claims. So you hope that maybe it wasn't, you know what it was or they, they, they cleared them in the instant. So I'm kind of looking at it like it's wrestling. It's same thing with sports. They're going to bring in people with questionable past. What I want now is that if there's any issue with him, with this type of stuff, he's gone forever. Like just, just get them fuck out of here. Um, but he's going to be on our TVs, uh, from an in-ring standpoint, we both love what he brings to the table, what he does in the ring. Cause he is an incredible worker. This is just one of those things where there's just, there's some ugliness attached to it. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, like I can't enjoy Darby Allen in the same way that I used to for similar reasons. And Mm. it's like, it's tough because especially like I said already, like the, the Darby MJF match was my favorite match of the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know that I would have felt that way if Darby had won the match because, you know, it's just that cloud. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I was expecting people to be super excited that Jay Lethal showed up because, you know, he's one of the best independent wrestlers mm-hmm. in history and a great all around player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is I'm I'm 
interested to kind of see how this plays out and how the conversation moves forward. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be definitely paying closer attention. Yeah. Yeah. And there definitely seemed to be kind of a, a split reaction on the Twitter sphere. You know, a lot of people excited for it. A lot of people like, ew, gross. So um, I'm just going to look at it as, okay, this is not great, but hopefully there's no incidents going forward with anyone in AW or any of the other companies he may work for. And we just pray that that's the case. So, but yeah, he will be facing Sammy Guevara on Wednesday night for the TNT championship. So quite a mm-hmm. big debut match for yeah, Mr. Huge. Jay Lethal. Yeah. Um, it's also going to be interesting for him to uh, debut with a loss. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering the same thing. Like unless, unless Sammy's that transitional champion that I, I can't, I can't imagine about. as hot as Sammy has been. And as, as much as the fans are behind him, I cannot imagine him dropping the title to Jay lethal on Wednesday. <laughs> Man, Twitter would blow the fuck up in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, that'd be full heel turn by Tony Khan. Yep. But this 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 is a significant signing because it is the one of the first major Ring of Honor guys and gals to end up mm-hmm. somewhere in a major promotion because we haven't really seen any of them, you know, get picked up by Impact or mm-hmm. or um, WWE so far. So um, that is. I think significant because hopefully we'll see some of these other people wind up with uh mm-hmm. gigs soon. Cause so many talented people are available f- out of ring of honor. So yeah. all right, one Joel, I'm excited what? about, as I've said before is Jonathan Gresham. And for now it looks like he's doing his own thing. I mean, he's yeah, running his him. own show in Atlanta and uh, I, that's something that if it's available to stream, I am very interested in seeing what kind of show he puts together. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's brought in at some point, one of those like little short term things, Kind of like do like a Murano Suzuki little tour mm-hmm. thing where he's here. He's in the company for five, six weeks, get some matches in, get some exposure, and then potentially goes away. So, yeah. But yeah, Jonathan Gresham's awesome. <laughs> he's one of the handful of people, I think, who can lay a claim to being the best in the world. And uh, speaking of other people who, who can lay claim to being best <laughs> in the world, Kenny Omega and Adam Page for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. And uh, yeah, Adam Page. The anxious millennial cowboy. He got it done. <laughs> Representation matters. As an anxious millennial cowboy fan, it's nice to see someone who I get <laughs> as champion of AEW. And Joel, this is just the culmination of three years of storytelling. Uh, Hangman Page was one of the first signings in AEW. He was part of the elite. Um was in the inaugural AW championship match. And then God, we don't need to repeat everything that's happened between him and Kenny Omega, but just excellent storytelling. And with such a build, I was worried that, Oh man, I hope this match lives up to the hype. I hope this match lives up to the hype. This match was fantastic. I think it might be the best AW world championship match in the company's history. Um, especially since Jericho was in like a quarter of those. So um, just, Really great work from both of these men. Uh, I'm just so happy, man. I'm so happy. Like, I'm just really happy Hangman Page is champion. And just, like, his face during the celebration, like, it looked all real. Like, I don't feel like he was forcing any actor. Like, he looked relieved. He looked, you know, just awestruck that he he made it to this point. Well, I think he's been through a lot 
you know, and, and a lot has changed in, in his life. I, I think the reaction to him being in the inaugural championship match against Chris Jericho and people mm-hmm. being like, why is he in this spot? Like, yeah. why is this not Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega? Like, that's something we want to see. And then having to put in the work to build up cachet with the fans and had an amazing tag team championship run. Uh, all of what he's done and then, you know, becoming a father, uh, Tony Khan letting him step away in the midst of this build towards yeah. him winning the title. Like that's, you know, and then he was able to come back and immediately, immediately everyone is massively behind him, ready for, to see him in this match. And, the the reaction to him winning the title was just overwhelming. It, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's such a it was such a cool moment. And apparently, Kenny's been working hurt for a while. He apparently was having oh, yeah. mm-hmm. issues with his shoulders and being able to even lift. You know, he was. I think he. I read that he could like lift the bar, and that was pretty much pushing it on a. You know, so if this leads to to Kenny Omega getting a a month or two of rest, the guy deserves it. Cause he has been putting in a fuck ton of work the last year, year and a half with AEW, with triple a, which all the other stuff that he's been going doing. So yeah. Yeah. He talked about it at, uh, a, it was a fan event. I think back in January, uh, about how he had multiple injuries that he was working through and like a possible herniated disc and yeah like just so much and and i i really hope he takes a break and like takes some legitimate time off to heal because you know he's not young at this point like he's also he's he's worked like nonstop for like the last what five six years going back to njpw like i know there was when he first signed with aw there was like you know they weren't on tv every week there weren't events every week so probably wasn't working as much, but man, dude's a machine and he's been <laughs> putting his body on, on the line every time he does one of those flips. So yeah, he need give him his break, man. We got, we got hangman page to carry the company now. Yeah. This is the time to establish that unofficial rotating off season. You know, that mm-hmm. just absolutely handles your roster bloat and keeps the show fresh and interesting with new faces cycling in and out and uh but yeah like let's get some time off for kenny he deserves it and bring on adam page like what did you think go ahead (laughs) what do you think of the bucks coming out here towards the end of this match and just kind of giving giving page like the head nod of approval to to win this match like i on one hand it was i'm like just give him his moment alone. Like you don't need the bucks out there. But on the other hand, I'm like, they were significant in this story mm-hmm. too. Like big pieces of this whole Adam page, the elite storyline. So yeah. What would well, you think had, about that? We had the story beats leading into this match of Adam page going to talk to the two of them separately from, uh, from Kenny Omega and, you know, the, all the vitriol that was directed at Adam page from Matt Jackson. Like 
we talked about it on our preview show about mm-hmm. how significant the Bucks have been in this whole storyline. So I think they had to be out there. It's also kind of a callback to Kenny's matches in New Japan, where the Bucks weren't always at ringside throughout, but typically ended up coming out before the match was over, not necessarily mm-hmm. getting involved, but just being there to support him. And so I I think there's a little bit of poetry there as well. And uh, I I liked it personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also like some of the stuff from the post show media scrum where like, obviously they do that in character where hangman page basically said, I'm glad I friended Kenny. Like it, I don't know. I'm going to get a little deep here, but like, you don't want to just forget your exes. Like all your exes have like (laughs) you to the person you've become, you know? And without Kenny being a complete shithead to Hangman Page, does he get to this point? Um, and that's kind of the whole thing with Hangman Page is even on a personal thing is like, he's very aware of this shit. Like he's very aware of mental health and and the hurdles and stuff like that. So I thought that was just kind of a cool thing for him to say. And uh, yeah, man, we're going to get Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page at some point for the world championship. Silence your phone. <laughs> it's my work phone. I can't. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that Joel overall thoughts on this show as, as a whole, um, before we get out of here, I mean, recency bias is a thing, but I think this was top to bottom, the best, uh, AEW pay-per-view to date. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, you know, we didn't have a, a scary injury, like when Matt Hardy almost died against Sammy Guevara. We didn't like, have a even botched the matches, explosion. Yeah, even the like, matches that I didn't love, I can step back with a critical eye and say, okay, that's a good match. Just because I wasn't into mm-hmm. this feud doesn't mean that this wasn't a good match and something that somebody out there really, really dug uh, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of different flavors on this show and you're not going to like everything and that's okay. Uh, but I can recognize that everything was done well. And uh, yeah, it just, it makes it so easy for me to keep buying these (laughs) pay-per-views and like, I don't care. I just like, I I don't give a damn. Yeah. On the flip side, it makes it easy. Like I don't have like, I, I have no qualm, you know, doing the hosting and, and, Paying for fucking Zencaster to but it sucks because these type of events make all of this shit worth it because it's so fucking fun. And Joel, yeah. hopefully they don't move any of the pay-per-view dates in the future because we were supposed to try and watch this together initially. Yeah. And they shifted it. So it didn't work out. So you're we'll right. One star. Full one gear, star. one star. <laughs> one star. You moved it, you bastards. I was sick anyway. So actually, if it was this weekend, I probably would have been We've been fine because I was feeling better this week. So who knows? But all right, Joel. Well, that was that was our full gear recap. I'm not doing the whole end spiel here. So Joel, join Dark Order. <laughs> join the Dark Order. <laughs> Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.